Welcome to Alumni Conversations. What you're about to hear is a Facebook Live conversation that took place between members of our Laterno community and our alumni. These bi-weekly conversations dive into stories from our time as students at Laterno University and the years that followed. Originally founded by R.G. and Evelyn Laterno in the mid-1940s, Laterno University is a comprehensive institution of Christian higher education where educators engage learners to nurture Christian virtue, to develop competency and ingenuity in the professional fields, to integrate faith and work, and to serve the local and global community. We claim every workplace and every nation is our mission field, and so Laterno University graduates are professionals of ingenuity and Christ-like character. They see life's work as a holy calling with an eternal impact. Welcome to Alumni Conversations. My name is Dr. Daniel Ostendorf, and I serve as our Director of Alumni Engagement. And all that means is that I get the blessing of getting to know and work with our alumni around the world. You may know this already, but we have over 25,000 alumni spread throughout the world doing incredible things in workplaces and churches and communities and their family. And because I get the joy of getting to know those stories, hear those stories, and meet those alumni, it's really something that I wanted to do is to share their stories with you as I'm able to. And so we're kicking off season two of Alumni Conversations today. This new season is going to be more one-on-one -on -one and sort of longer conversations than the fall. And we hope you'll join us for these every other week as we sit down with an alumni to hear their story and to talk about what God's doing in and through them both at their time at Laterno and since they graduated. Well, today I'm going to sit down with Lucas Kitchen, a 2006 graduate, and I can't wait for you to hear more of Lucas's story. But before we get there, I want to share some important announcements with you. First of all, our spring semester kicked off yesterday, and so we're so excited to have students back on campus and enjoying um, being together. Can't tell you how anxious our students were to be on campus, to engage with one another, to see their faculty, to get plugged back into senior design projects. If you're an alumni, you understand just how sweet that time is. Well, we're really excited for how the fall went so well with low COVID numbers and being able to finish off and complete semester online. And so we're kicking off this semester really hopeful that God's going to continue to, to show, to be faithful in that way. And we're going to continue to be faithful to take care of one another so we can do an entire semester. So we're excited for that. I uh, invite you to pray for our faculty and our staff and our students as they press into a, a really intense uh, time together uh, over the next 14, 15 weeks. Well, I want to share some exciting news with you about the university. You may have already seen an email or seen this on social media or elsewhere, but we have some exciting news of some changes that are about to happen. Dr. Dale Lunsford, our current president, is going to be stepping into the role of chancellor here on February 1st, and our provost, Dr. Steve Mason, will be stepping into the role of acting president on February 1st. You know, the big question we get is, why? Why now? What's the story? Well, the important thing here is that Laterno is really making a strategic move we have really two things we're, we're starting to focus on. One, uh, a capital campaign to invest in the future of Laterno and solidify us so we can continue to do ministry for the next 75 years and beyond. And then also we have a strategic plan we're implementing on campus to continue to strengthen uh, the Christian polytechnic education that's hands-on, Christ-focused that we love. And so Dr. Mason in this role of acting president will focus on implementing that strategic plan on campus. And Dr. Lunsford as chancellor will really be focused on building relationships with friends and donors to establish the university moving forward. So we're super excited. If you want to know more, I encourage you to go to letu.edu. And the very first story on our homepage is a video from Bill Anderson, a 71 alumni, the chair of our board of trustees, from Dr. Mason and from Dr. Lunsford sharing about this exciting change and why they're excited for what's ahead. So I encourage you to check that out. 
Well, on top of that, I got two more announcements for you. For our alumni who look back at their time at Laterno and loved time in chapel, hearing guest speakers, worshiping, we want to let you know some exciting news. We've been able to get the technology in place to bring back our live stream of chapel. And so I invite you to visit letu.edu slash chapel over the coming semester uh, to join us. You can join us live for worship, to hear from guest speakers. Pastor Tony Evans will be here in April, and we're excited to have him speak. But throughout the semester, you'll get to hear from faculty, staff, and special guests and visitors. But on top of that, you'll get a chance to worship with our students as they lead us in worship. So we really hope you'll take advantage of that. That's Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 1035 uh, on our website. So hope you'll join us for those live streams, worshiping with us. And pray also, we also invite you to pray with us over the semester that God would do some awesome things through that time in chapel. Well, the last announcement I want to make with you, make for you is this is the launch of our 75th year. Laterno starts celebrating for the next 18 months, 75 years of Christ-centered, hands-on Christian polytechnic education. And we are so grateful for what God has done over these last 75 years that we really want to be intentional about stopping to celebrate what he's done, what he's allowed to be accomplished, and how he's used this university to shape men and women around the world. And so we invite you to join us for that celebration. We're going to have events throughout the year, both in regions and on campus. There'll be live stream opportunities where you can join us virtually. There'll be in-person opportunities where you can join us there as well. You can find out more about that at letu.edu slash 75. So hop on over to that website after this alumni conversation today. Find out some more. There'll be articles throughout the year celebrating past memories, celebrating things moving forward, and giving you updates on those special events. I also encourage you uh, to visit that regularly uh, so you can get those updates. Well, that's all my announcements for today. I am so excited today to sit down with our 2006 graduate, Lucas Kitchen, to share and learn more about his story and to share more about what God's had him up to since graduation. Well, a big part of Lucas's story at Laterno, at least near the end, was hosting Hootenanny. And for many of our graduates, Hootenanny is a dearly loved event. And um, so we wanted to kick off today with a short trailer from the 2005 Hootenanny that Lucas hosted. You'll see in here clips and memories of people you know well, Dina Shelton, who uh, hosted the Hootenanny in 2006 uh, and served as our Director of Career Services a couple of years ago. You'll see Emily now Emke, married to Ben Emke, another of our graduate. You'll see Corey Ross, one of our beloved dean of former Dean of Students. So enjoy this clip and then we'll be back with Lucas here in one second. They also walked everywhere they went. 
Well, uh, Taste of Hootenanny, <laughs> looks like it was a blast. Oh, Can't man. imagine what that was like on stage yeah. through rehearsals. Um, and just a really good sort of cohort of classmates. Oh, it's yeah. fun to see people I've gotten to know over the years on there. Yeah. Well, Lucas, you graduated in 2006, an uh, interdisciplinary degree with uh, biblical studies, history and political science, and psychology. Yeah. How in the world did you end up at that trio? Yeah, well, I like to say it was the path of least resistance. I had some academic weaknesses, I'll say, <laughs> and math being one of them. But I didn't want to do a foreign language, so I had to do a, a bachelor's of science. Okay. But I couldn't do the the math, so I had to I had to figure out a way like to weave around these classes. And then I discovered the interdisciplinary degree. <laughs> it's like the buffet. Heaven's of open. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh! it like a buffet of classes. Like if a class didn't really work, like trigonometry, like, man, let's do something else. What is this one? Yeah. So it, it really just worked well for me. Lots okay. of interests. And so it, right. I just kind of pulled them together and, and it really works. And what I love is looking at that story and now looking at your life since, kind of your story since you shared some of that with me a couple weeks ago, is God's really used all of those areas in your life and you continue yeah. to use them from your production. I mean, we're sitting in your studio today. So that production side of Hootenanny, I mean, yeah. this is still part of that creative side. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about your, your most recent book, Your Heart for Discipleship. There's your biblical studies. Yeah. So it's pretty exciting to, to see all these pieces continue to weave their way through yeah. your story. Well, in psychology, I mean, I'm as crazy as a loon, so well, I needed to There you study go. Some things haven't abnormal, changed. You know? <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> well, I would be remiss not to say not only is it Lucas Kitchen, but you have a wonderful family. Mm -hmm. Your wife, Krista, yeah. uh, daughter, Eileen, son, Eli, and then a son on the way, Leo, here in That's the next right. couple you months. You have a fantastic memory. So, yeah. Well, working on it, and yeah. I have notes. Oh, that. notes. He's got a so, okay. Notes are good. <laughs> so, well, congratulations. We're praying yeah, for you. Leo and for that successful birth and delivery. Appreciate but we're excited that, yeah. for you guys, you and yeah. Krista, for sure. Thank well, you. let's talk a little bit about some memories from your time at Letourneau. Mm. One of the memories you've shared with me before is um, housing and sort of yeah. memories from living on campus. Yeah. Share a little bit with us about that. Well, so, you know, there I was probably 2004 having the time of my life, but I was a commuter. You know, mm -hmm. I thought, you know, college couldn't get any better. And then the last semester, I want to say I was a senior, I, I decided, you know, this is this is a, uh, a once in a lifetime opportunity to live on campus. Never going to do this again. So I thought I'll do one semester on campus. And I, and uh, so I lived in the apartment. What did you call them? The duplexes. Duplexes. The, yep. the apartments uh -huh. back yep. on the back of the campus. And I realized immediately I should have been doing this from the very beginning. Although, you know, it was very expensive. I, you know, right. I just, um, not that Laterno is expensive. I don't mean that. I just mean just in well, general. Well, but when yeah. you're thinking about the cost, that was one place. Was, like, well, yeah. But what you discovered actually it is that's a really it. Yeah, it sweet spot. Of, oh man. Yeah. And so all the guys that the guys and girls that live on, on different dorm floors and stuff like that, I didn't get to be a part of that, but I realized at that point that, I, you know, I think I kind of was missing something. Mm. Um, so yep. it was, uh, it was a really good time. You know, as I sit down with alumni, I mean, whether they were here in the 60s, they were here in the 80s, mm. or in the 2000s, what I'm amazed by is actually that time in the dorms or that time on campus, yeah. that residence life part, really is such a huge part of their story. Yeah. Um, and it's not that they can't have a great time if they weren't. Like you said, those first few years were great. Yeah. Could they even get better? Yeah, But absolutely. there's just something <laughs> extra about that yeah. residence lifetime. Absolutely. Um, so that's awesome. Well, yeah. terrific. Well, let's um, let's talk a little about Hootenanny. Um, yeah. But before we do, I want to invite those of you watching, feel free to ask questions, to share 
some comments in the, in the comment section. We can get around to those. Um, but as we look at Hootenanny, um, I want to share a clip. Now, we saw a, a bit of it, but one of the things that you, you've, you're you known for is your humor, especially your physical humor. So I love this clip. It's going to be you and Dina. And there was a little bit of a tug and war in the sketch of Dina saying, oh, I was the one they really wanted to host, but <laughs> yeah. I got hurt. And so now you get to host and you're yeah. trying to like argue, no, 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 I really was the first choice. And it's a really fun back and forth, but I thought our viewers might enjoy this. So let's watch <laughs> this clip of Dina and Lucas real quick. Because after all, they are clapping for me. <laughs> no, actually, Dina, just to set you straight, I got this job because of all my talents. What are those? Well, there's a lot of them, uh, Dina. I really probably wouldn't have time to... No, no, I really think that you should show me, though. Okay, um... Okay, well, um... Oh, okay, well, let me just... I'll just show you. Okay, you... Uh, are you sure you're ready for this? Bring it on. <laughs> I read about you in one of my psych classes and you have issues. Well, Steven Spielberg didn't think so when he put it me in his first Jurassic Park movie as a Velociraptor. Oh, really? Yeah, really. You got anything else? Shh. Shh. Yeah. Are you sure you want to know? I'm ready. Hold this. Ever seen the movie King Kong? That's me, Big Daddy MC. <laughs> so, anyways, wow. what I love there is this: this like this physical humor, you and Dina playing off each other. But what you've told me is you actually had never seen a Hoot Nanny. I didn't know what it so was. So you've never yeah. seen a Hoot Nanny. You're hosting a Hoot Nanny. Yeah. Tell us about your memories from Hoot Nanny 2005. Well, I remember a couple of things leading up to it that are kind of bizarre is like uh cory ross who was on he was in one of the sketches he asked me to host and i said well i know what host i know some of the words in that sentence i, I know what host <laughs> means i don't know what hootenanny Maybe. is hmm. um and so he had to explain it and i don't know if we even had a video at the time so it's why that year i don't know if any of you remember that year the sketches that i did were very weird they were very bizarre uh, you know, I have some some strange memories from it. And I think it was just because I didn't know what it was. I just was like, I think I know what maybe would make some people laugh. But um, yeah. I had a suit. I don't know if you saw this. I had a suit that I'd completely cut the back out of. Oh and I told goodness. a story. 
And when I turned around, I want to say I had you, you would you actually could see my like polka dot boxers <laughs> yeah, or something it was on. Just like, I huh. mean, they're like, who is this weirdo? Right. But they were okay laughing, so it made me happy. But I feel like that's what makes Hootenanny work over the years is it's a bit of silliness, it's a bit of funny, it's physical humor, it's comedy, it's music. It's just this wonderful yeah. sort of so as you look back, having never been to a Hootenanny and then hosting your last one, yeah. um, what's a favorite memory from hosting Hootenanny that year? Do you have one or Man, a favorite um, sketch? You know, I did a, I think the opening sketch is just what I remember the most because mm -hmm. I had this idea and it sounds silly on the surface of it because it is, um, I had this idea that why, why should we have the stage crew hidden behind the stage? And like, if they need to do a wardrobe change on me, why not just do that on in front of everybody? And that sounded like a great idea, but until there was an audience in the room, I didn't really think through the, you right. know, the process of it. So, you know, the opening was, I came out of this box that we I had from somewhere. They rolled it out. I came out and it actually, it was locked and I could not get out of it if the stage crew didn't open it. And so somebody had forgotten to open it. So I was like in there, <laughs> oh, this is oh no. be bad. And uh -oh. I'm imagining it like rolling off the stage and uh -oh. Oh, just so it oh. was it was low budget comedy for sure. Right. <laughs> so actually um Gail Ritchie and I, my comrade in arms in the alumni office, we actually were watching that open oh, sketch. Okay. Yeah. And so it is funny because one person comes, they unlock one lock, but I think they forgot the they other got, two. Yeah. And so somebody else had to come on. And um, it's this really awkward, like, is he really going to have them change all of him? Like, are his <laughs> pants coming off? I can't What's remember. Going on? Did they put the stuff on top? They did. They put okay. the, yeah. You're, that you're, was the yeah. Letourneau G-rated version, yeah, I guess. exactly. I <laughs> but it just, it was fun. It was quirky. It kind of kept you on the edge of your seat in that first sketch, like, Where's this going? Yeah, what's going to happen? Yeah, no um, and then you're telling the story, trying to act like no big deal, <laughs> and you never finish the story. So you leave the. It, it just worked really well, oh, and I well, love that God used you in that humor and that 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 silliness. And I think you know, as I think through Hootenanny, I think Hootenanny, for all of its seriousness, plays actually a really important role. Yeah, both absolutely. in our campus, but for our alumni, yeah. in sort of solidifying these stories and bringing a community together. Yeah. So maybe this is a, a place to transition. I know you've done a lot of work on discipleship and, and you've done, um, continue to do work on community. What do you see, when you think about Hootenanny and kind of the role it played on campus, what, what do you think of? What's its purpose? What do you think it's, when you think about the difference it makes and why it's worth doing, what yeah. jumps out at you? Well, I can speak for the 2006 version or 2005 version of Hootenanny, and I assume it's probably still true today. Um, so at the time, they they didn't have uh, Belcher. So okay. it was in that that portable building down on the end, which I don't even know what it's called now. Yeah, but yep. um and and so no, I get that wrong. It was in the it was in the gym. Oh, Sorry, that's right. It's gym. not it wasn't in Saga, it was yeah, in Saga, the okay. yeah, the Belcher. Yeah, it was, gym. it yep. was in the gym. And so the the thing about that was that that stage, they had this rotating stage, they had an entire setup that they built and took apart every year, and it required wow. a lot of people. Okay. And so the the really neat thing to me, because I'd never really been part of a big teamwork kind of situation, is that, so there's one guy standing on the stage with the mic it, when it comes down to it, but you're looking at the work of maybe two, 300 people, I don't wow. know. Um, and so it was really cool to see, and, and by the way, as far as I know, at least at that time, it was mostly just student led. I mean, there was some encouragement from some of the faculty, but right. for the most part, this, it was up to the students to figure out what to do, you know? Yep. And so, 
and you got some of the most brilliant people in the world. They're building, you know, uh, prosthetic legs for kids in, in Africa and, you know, for their senior project, they can handle building a stage, they you know? So stage, right. it was just, it was such a creative mm -hmm. and unique thing to see that huge team come together. And, um, and there's other things like that at Letourneau, but that was, mm -hmm. that was one of my favorite to see. Yeah, no, I think, and, and that resonates with what I hear from others and what I've seen myself. Like it does, it takes the skills that we've, we're honed to, to serve others and it lets us use those to yeah. kind of have fun and make yeah, memories. Absolutely. So, um, well, just a comment, feel free to comment as we're watching if you want. Um, okay, well, let's transition. Um, a lot of what God's had you do since you graduated has to do with discipleship. Hmm, so let's yeah. talk about how your time at Letourneau shaped your walk with Christ. What was the impact there? When you think yeah. about your journey with Christ, when you look back at your college years, is there one or two, are there one or two things that kind of jump out at you? Like, I feel like this is what the Lord worked on in my life there. Or this was a, a, mo a moment, a pivotal moment in my journey. Yeah. Well, so from the time I was a kid, I, I was asking questions that maybe normal kids don't ask. Probably, hmm. probably similar to you. I mean, we're, we're thinkers. We, we want to understand the, the nature of our universe and stuff like that. So, I was I was very interested in that, and I think the the thing that I picked up from Laterno is that um, is that it's okay to ask questions. Hmm. Um, and I wouldn't say that I found all the answers at Laterno. I, I would say I learned how to to question. I learned okay. how to uh, hmm. research. I learned how to study. Um, I'll give you an example. I I was a little nervous about going to Laterno originally because I had a friend who had tried Letourneau and he said, and he, and he quit and he said, they make you write 12 page papers. And that scared me. Right. But now I'm writing books. books and right. so what Letourneau did was it challenged me mm -hmm. to, um, to do something I was a little weak in, but I really needed that. Mm -hmm. um, one of my favorite like academic moments, <clears throat> I think it was professor Woodring. He was in the um, Bible department and, and I loved his classes because it was okay to just ask questions. I mean, mm -hmm. sometimes they were fairly small and it might've been a systematic theology class. And uh, I asked a question like we normally did. And he and he, he paused and he said, no one's ever asked me that question and I don't know the answer. Mm -hmm. And the question was probably not all that important, but I, right. I felt like it was a badge. Do I get a badge yeah. for, you I know? Professor Woodring, yeah, a question you, you never you heard. quite sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, but what that reminds me of is just, it was just mm -hmm. an open forum to explore, mm -hmm. you know, and yeah. in the same way that the, you know, they're exploring in the engineering department, maybe in the aviation department. I don't know what I'm really talking about here. I assume they are. I assume they're exploring new ideas and new thoughts. Yeah. I felt that way about the Bible department and about mm -hmm. the, even the psychology department and, uh, you know, and the other things I was involved in. And yeah. so it was, uh, it, it taught me to seek and to, mm -hmm. to continue to research. And that's been a, a lifelong, um, process, you know, yeah. a lifelong skill, I guess I should yeah. say that has been very helpful. And what I, what I love about kind of hearing you share there, Lucas, is it feels like Laterno gave you permission to question. It gave you the tools to question, but it didn't just leave you with that. And I feel like that's where a lot of our society says, well, let's just question everything. Yeah. But that doesn't actually equip yeah. you to, to engage deep answers or thoughtful answers. And it sounds like you then, you know, you're able to pursue questions or you had professors who would come around you and say, okay, we can ask those questions. Here's the things that we know maybe about Christian theology or about psychology or about history. And let's use those boundaries or those frameworks it's not just questioning for questioning's sake, but it's questioning really to pursue truth. Absolutely. And I love yeah. that. Well, and and to say that there weren't answers at Letourneau would be wrong. There were mm -hmm. answers. I mean, the, the, the thing that I loved, though, is that I think, at least, you know, the professors I had, I think they recognized the value of not just 
cutting to the bottom line immediately. Mm. Yeah. Like there's these little phrases that I remember professors saying at the time that I wish I would have gone and had a conversation with them because mm. they alluded to an entire kind of thought process. Like there was, um, I had a, a Bible professor last name Hood, okay. Renata Hood, I think. Okay. And we were talking about a verse in, I believe it was Matthew. It was the verse about how Jesus says um, that in the resurrection, you'll be like the angels. You won't marry. You won't be okay. given yep, yep. She said this little phrase and she wasn't giving what she actually thought. She was okay. kind of stopping short, but she mm -hmm. said, we have to be very careful about making an entire theology based on one verse that we don't really understand. Mm. I say that all the time. I, yeah. I quote that and mm. because I see that in in the in theological circles is we we build branches off from branches off from, from branches. branches. Right. And what I really wish I would have done is gone to her office afterward and said, what what's behind that? Like yeah. what do you think that's different than because what she was revealing is whatever had just been mentioned she had a different thought on it and mm -hmm. she she was kind of but rather than know, shutting down the conversation yeah, saying my way is the only way mm -hmm. yeah it was a caution of yeah it, it's not bad to think it's not bad to, to extrapolate but let's be careful yeah. how we do it yeah okay yeah so awesome. I, just yeah. little phrases like that from so i guess i guess really the bible department was probably the most formative for me but okay. the same was true in in the psychology department i remember such great conversations about especially in abnormal psychology and mm -hmm. um just really enjoyed the the time there and if it was kind of the same kind of the same approach it was it was totally okay to have a conversation and for me this was one of the unique things about Laterno was um, I had been to other schools I did a lot of colleges uh, trying different things out you know um, and the thing about Laterno well, first of all there was there's always you know a devotional at the beginning of class which changes the tone completely hmm. but so many of the classes felt like I was sitting with a mentor and we were having a conversation. Now it's mm -hmm. mostly them kind of pouring into us, but right. we could totally respond and talk. And that was really mm -hmm. different than a lot of lecture style classes that I'd seen at other other universities. Yeah. So, yep. and then, so I don't know this, I don't mean this to be a sales pitch, but I, I highly recommend Laterno for that reason, because it's so, it was, I assume it still is, yeah. but yep. it was so conversational and beautiful in that way. Yeah, having been a professor for seven years prior to this position, yeah, I mean, that still is kind of the, the mold, and, and I think that is still the heart of all of our faculty is we're here to mentor, we're here to disciple, yeah. we're here to invite people into the wonder of following Christ and the wonder yeah. of his world. Um, and so I think that's very much still a reality. Well, here in the last sort of 15, 20 minutes we have left, I wanna sort of step into your world now. So okay. you graduated, you actually um, went from English teacher saying, mm, not sure you're a great writer. Yeah. <laughs> so now you've written something like 20 books. Yeah. Um, and they really span the gamut from children's fiction to kind of young and adult fiction to discipleship books yeah. on salvation. Um, and we'll talk about your most recent book here in a second, but kind of take me through that journey. How did yeah. that door open? And, and what has been some focuses that you've had um, of that writing and of that work? Sure. Well, I was a terrible English student. I mean, absolutely terrible, like quantifiably terrible. <laughs> grades, you can look at the grades. My senior year, I had to take a remedial English class. And I told you this a while back, but uh, the teacher, who I don't actually remember who it was, but the teacher, I remember her kind of standing over me, looking at what I had produced and said, Lucas, 
by the time you graduate, we really like students to be writing in paragraphs. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. So I hit enter, you know I mean? I, it's just, I was a bad English student. So because of that, because <clears throat> that, that was not like new my whole life, I considered myself a bad English student. Okay. I didn't think writing was something that I was going to be able to do, but I noticed mm. that I would tell stories. Okay. I would, I would do the work of writing, but I wouldn't let people see what I had written. I would, mm. I would deliver it verbally or I would okay. do audio like I did a lot of audio, various things that required writing. Okay. So over the years, um, I tried different sort of formats for the the things that I felt like I wanted to put into the world. Okay. Um, I, I did video. I made some documentaries, all of it involving writing. But I was always very cautious to because I just thought, man, they're going to realize I don't know how to where to put a comma, right. you know, or whatever. Yeah. If they actually see the text on a page, yeah. I'll lose all credibility. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And okay. then I discovered. That there are editors and proofreaders and they can make you look like a champion even though you're a terrible english student and i've learned a lot since then and so anyway all yeah. that to say yep. that i have been writing since i was a kid but i was afraid to do it and i will say that i do think letourneau helped me turn a corner because the the writing requirements in the classes just by proxy of, of doing it gave a lot of confidence to realize 12 page papers no big deal i could barely mm -hmm. fit my thoughts into in 12, 12 pages, pages right. you know um yeah it so, wasn't so much now how am i going to fill up 12 is how am i going to cut out trim? all this extra yeah. and actually focus enough yeah. to get just 12. there was a great yeah. um i want to say it was mark twain wrote a letter once and he said this letter is long because i don't have the time to make it short, short. and um, what he's getting at is like you'd think a short letter is well you, you understand time, this yeah but, but it, it takes actually more. takes yeah. more time because you got to figure out yeah. what am, what am i actually saying you know yeah. And so for us in, in the ministry that I work with, um, I write books okay. and the way that I, I explain what we're doing is um, we're trying to make low hanging fruit. There's a lot of theologians out there that we really love, but they're hard to read. They're dense. Mm. Their, their material is dense. And so what we're trying to do and what I'm trying to do with the books that we make is I'm trying to take those ideas and synthesize them down to something that a very average person could read an average person like me who doesn't know where the commas go you know uh and so that's a lot of what our ministry is about we do that some through fiction okay. um in the last number of years it's been a lot about the division between salvation and discipleship because that confused me a lot over the years the the idea that um that the, the concept that salvation is a one-time event but discipleship is a process a that we, yeah yep. that we that we mm -hmm. go through that you know, that misunderstanding confused me, yeah. you know, for years in various ministry roles right. and things like that. Right. So a lot of our, a lot of the books I've done are devoted to that, you know, that concept yeah. of kind okay. of working around. That. Yeah. Which so. I think is such an important one, right? We know the gospel is important. We know sharing the gospel is important. We know coming, people coming to know Jesus is so important. Um, and maybe this is where Letourneau, I think, still kind of embodies this, even if it's not always explicitly communicated in every place, but it is the idea of we want you to know Jesus, but we also want you to grow in Jesus, Absolutely. right? We want Absolutely. you to grow in your walk with him. Yeah. So maybe that's a great transition. Um, a lot of your books have been um, some stories or like you say, sort of synthesizing some theology and discipleship ideas, but um, you do in this new one, Naked Grace, actually share more of your own personal mm -hmm. journey. Yeah. And this is maybe, some of them have been personal. This is maybe the most personal in some ways. Yeah. So share a little bit about what was the inspiration for this book? You've written a bunch of them. So why sit down and write this one? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So um, in fact, I was trying to remember if I have any Letourneau stories in this book. I don't mm -hmm. know that I do, okay. um, probably because my Letourneau experience was so good. Mm -hmm. This book is mostly about experiences that um, in times in my life where I felt confused about what was required to be saved. Mm -hmm. I mean, I grew up in a Christian home. 
I grew up in a church that was very academic. And what I realized is that I still was not clear on what a person has to do in order to have assurance that they're going to be in heaven. Mm -hmm. I had that, that confusion even through my ministry years. I mean, I was a youth minister while I was at Laterno, actually. I was a, a youth minister. I remember one day sitting in my office and asking myself, uh, what exactly is my role in my salvation? What I mean meant by that was pretty sure I'm saved, but what did it, <laughs> right. you know? Um, yep. And so, so for years and years, I, that was kind of um, just a back burner thing that was mm. constantly going on. And that's what this book is about. And okay. so this book is not a, it's a theology book in a sense in that it does deal with theological issues, but it deals with it from a narrative perspective. So okay. it doesn't have, I don't know that I quote an act in any verses in this book, maybe one or two, but the, the entirety of the book is just story after story. Most, mm. a lot of them kind of, uh, you know, silly and things that I did, as, as you saw on Hootenanny, some of the right. things I did over the years were a little bit silly. And so, um, so anyway, uh, that's, that's what this book is about. And okay. um, hopefully it's helping people. We're getting, we're getting comments on it that, you know, there's a lot of people that have had similar experiences. Okay. So awesome. And that's kind of my passion is yeah. to try to try to, uh, I, I tell people sometimes I'm willing to be a buffoon if it helps someone else, you mm. know, and some of the stories I think I probably was a bit of a buffoon, but you know, whatever. but I love that. I love that in Hootenanny, I'm willing to be silly to invite people in to have yeah, fun. Yeah. I'm yeah. willing in this to be transparent and share some of the sillier things yeah. to disarm people so that they'll hear hopefully the good yeah. news of the gospel Absolutely. and also the story of what does it mean to be sure of your salvation. Yeah. So I love that. Um, so let's see the book. I think I just picked up a copy on Kindle last night, Oh, well, cool. uh, but there's All Kindle right. versions, there's paperback versions, yeah. they're on Amazon. So check it out that way. Um, you also have lucasanswers.com. So there's some blog posts there if people want to know more. But then really the, the heart of what you're doing now is freegrace.in. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of and so Lucas Answers and some of the other websites that we've used over the years are being kind of um conglomerated. Okay. I don't know what yep. a good word uh -huh. is, but yeah, pulled together under the under the umbrella of uh, freegrace.in. That's in place of .com. I think technically it means .india, but uh, okay. but the, the ministry name is freegrace.international. I mean, international. And so, so it just yeah. made sense. Yeah. So yeah. so don't tell anybody. We don't don't tell anybody. This is just between, <laughs> don't worry. We won't tell anyone. Not like there's anyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So anyway, uh, but that's the that's kind of the umbrella for the okay. ministry is freegrace.in. And so we have we have a lot of videos. We have uh, books. We have a lot of articles. And my wife runs a branch of the ministry called Free Grace Women. She does okay. a, awesome. a show and uh, uh, you know a video show and um, rights and various things so yeah we've okay. got lots going on okay well we'll add that website to the description on this video oh, that'd be um, cool. check it out if you're looking for resources whether it's your own discipleship how to disciple others whether you're looking for uh, Chris's ministry to women um, so I encourage you to check that out check out the link below we'll add it after this today Absolutely. so maybe let's leave it with this Lucas if you if you look back um, at your time at Laterno and your time since if you had one thing to either share with your fellow alumni to encourage them or one thing to share with current students What's something that sort of jumps out to you and stands out? Wow. I know I kind of put you on the spot. No, that's with that okay. One. Um, the main thing. Let me think through the main thing. Okay. So when I was at Laterno, um, I got very close to a young lady who um, was also a Laterno student. And the day of Hootenanny, um, I don't want to give a whole lot of details because. So the Hootenanny we just saw. The Hootenanny okay. we just saw. The de that day she died. Wow. And, um, oh my goodness. yeah. So, and some of you guys maybe remember her, her that are, are watching, but, I, but you know, I don't want to share because her family still lives here in town. Okay. Like okay. But what, wow. what I kind of gathered from that was, um, 
just the brevity, the, mm-hmm. the briefness. And, 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 you know, even when I look back at the time that I had at Letourneau, it felt like, I mean, you know, a few years at, at a university felt like it was going to be a long time. And now mm-hmm. I look back and it just feels like a, it's just a vapor, a you know? Almost, yeah. And, um, and so those kind of experiences, which I, I, I tie to Letourneau because they happened, mm-hmm. you know, while I was there, just remind me of the importance of, um, making the time count. Yeah. You know, whether it's yeah. with our family. Um, I, so I'll give you one example of how this affects me today. Okay. I'm a dad of young kids okay. as, uh, you know, as you are yourself. And, um, sometimes I, I play this role that I call grouchy dad. <laughs> and every once in a while, it just hits me how brief mm-hmm. this moment is that my kids are going to be this age. And, uh, it kind of frightens me and it frightens me enough that I'll, I'll put on a smile, even if mm-hmm. I don't want to, I don't always do this. Sometimes I still fail, even when I'm thinking this, like, yeah, it is brief. And I can't wait for it to be over. <laughs> but, but you know, hopefully yeah. more times than not, um, I just remember the, the briefness of, of what we're doing here. And, and if you're a, if you're a believer, if you are a person who believes like Letourneau does, that there's a creator and he wants us to use our mind and he wants us to, to make the world a better place, then, um, then I think that also means he wants us to spend our time well. Mm-hmm. And, he, and I think that means pursuing him in, in some way and pursuing uh, loving others. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think a life that's spent that way is incredibly valuable. And what a, what a good word both for our students to say, hey, it may feel like you're junior year is lasting forever, your senior <laughs> yeah. year, it's going to be on quickly. So make yeah. the most of it. Absolutely. But also for all of us, I mean, those of us like you and I, young parents, and it's like, gosh, I can't wait till I can actually sleep through the night. For yeah. <laughs> but you know what? The, the reality yeah. is that day will come and yeah. it's going to feel like this goes quickly. I know. It. So yeah. what a great encouragement. And then also just be intentional. Like, Lord, um, if you've given us, you know, four years, I had a son who, who passed away at four. Yeah. You gave me four years. How do I make the most of that? Yeah. You, this friend of yours that, that passed away the morning of Hootenanny, which so sorry about that, to think about the, the impact her life had and then to think about, okay, we've both gotten into our 30s now. Yeah. Lord, man, we want those 30 years to count in any years you give us past this. Yeah. So thanks for that. What a great encouragement as yeah. we end. So, yeah. well, Lucas, thank you so much for your time. Thanks yeah, for sharing your story. So really enjoyed it. I want to invite you as our alumni. This will be available tomorrow as a podcast. So if you are a podcast listener, if you commute uh, as part of your work, uh, or if you're just working from home and you're enjoying some podcasts, look for LETU Alumni Conversations. And you'll find us there tomorrow morning. We'll be back here in a couple of weeks for another one. Uh, and again, encourage you to visit letu.edu slash 75 to find out more about our 75th anniversary. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, look forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks and hope you'll share this with those who you think it might be an encouragement to. So let me go ahead and uh, say goodbye today. And thanks so much uh, again, Lucas, and all the best to you. Again. Absolutely. Thank you. This episode of Alumni Conversations has been brought to you by Laterna University's Alumni Relations Office, connecting over 25,000 alumni around the world. Find out more by visiting www.letu.edu forward slash alumni. Thank you.